This is the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast. Acta non verba. Uh, here we go. And we're back. We're back. As long as CJ doesn't pass out, we'll be good. Yeah. Early heat wave is raging across the plains of the Midwest. God, it's no fucking joke. This is stupid. We were bitching about it snowing about two weeks ago. <laughs> it's 92. Yeah, it's like yeah. the same temperature in fucking Texas. Yeah, it's it's this been crazy and still windy as all get out. Dude, I, yeah. I, something's up with the wind. It, it shouldn't be 15, 20 mile an hour winds daily. It just like well, did they cut like a bunch of trees or a forest down or something someplace <laughs> that I don't? I mean, yeah, that's it. I blame Harp. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I was reading some time ago or something that the Gulf Stream has like changed or shifted, and that's probably yeah, the, the jet stream hasn't normally. As it gets warmer, it sort of pulls northward, Word. and it's not, um, and it hasn't yet. So that's that combined, at least around here, that combined. So then, you know, there may be a respite, but then like a storm system, like a little pressure system will pull, will come through and pull a whole bunch of south winds from the south. So then it's, you know, we're, we're screwed either way kind Boy. of thing. You know? Yeah. Damn, the so. stream needs to move. I just want <laughs> the problem is it'll be like a 95 degree day when I want the breeze when I'm working yeah. outside. <laughs> and it'll yeah, be sounds nothing. about right. Sounds about right. Oh hell. Yeah, I was gonna say since my truck doesn't have AC, I had the window down and it was just blowing so hard I couldn't even see out of my left eye. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, I had to drive like this for an hour and a half. <laughs> I that's why that's why my arms burnt. I didn't even have it out the window. I, I was just holding <laughs> on to the steering wheel, and my left arm got burnt to shit. I hate right the days where you're driving along, like and then like headed north or something. And you're like driving, you got the window cracked, you get a little air, the temp's feeling good, and then you take like a left or right turn, and all of a sudden the wind's coming out of the north and just starts slamming you in the face. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. It's it's like, come on. Yeah, that's the worst. It's like <laughs> it's like I had it the right temp. <laughs> it's nice, and then yeah, it's it's gale force winds, and it's like, yeah. Blowing out your eardrum kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't see. Or on a day that it's raining, you drive one direction and you can have the window cracked. Just turn a little bit and you start getting oh yeah. It's like somebody stuck a hose inside the window. Yeah. 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 Speaking <laughs> of that, I wasn't thinking I was in the car, had the windows down. I'm like, oh, I need to clean the windows. I sprayed that way and the whole thing went right as it sprayed, just got sucked right into my window. I, was, <laughs> I had water all over everywhere or freaking windshield oh, inside that yeah, in the car. Inside the car. So yeah. It's like, okay. You're new. I know. You're new to driving. <laughs> I'm new. I don't know what to do. 
got used to using my windshield wipers to have them work. Well, let's... speaking of driving trucks, it's it's it was crazy. So today I saw they're here close to my neighborhood. They're doing some road construction. Basically, they're recurbing things and all this sort of stuff. Anyway, they're breaking up uh, concrete with bobcats and then they're hauling them off in a dump truck they had this super huge dump truck like it filled every inch of its half of the road and it sits high like the cab and everything is huge and i look up and it's like wow that's a that's a monster drum dump truck that's that's amazing and in the driver's seat is this tiny little woman (laughs) Like you, all you could see is a head over the steering wheel and that's it. And then I happened to come back the same way. And I don't know if she was standing outside the truck and she barely made it over the tire. Like she's barely taller than the tire. Like it was. Thank goodness for automatics. Right. Yeah. That was crazy. But it's like props to her. Uh, You know, it's such a big, huge, huge thing, but. Two by fours on the pedals. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not a phone book. Yeah, it's funny. It just reminds me the other day I did a house and the lady had a car blocking the way for me to get in. So I knocked on a door, asked her if she could move it. She's like, Here, I'll give you the keys. You can move it. I go to sit in the car and I'm like scrunched up, (laughs) just like all. Like chest is on the steering wheel, and I move yeah, it forward. Yeah, yeah. She's like, "You could have moved it back." I'm like, "I was only moving it three feet. I didn't think it was going to take me five minutes to get in." <laughs> <laughs> Your big ass in there. That's funny. It was a That's little funny. car too, wasn't it? It was a. It was a van. Oh, it was a van. Oh, yeah. And it's not like she was a lot shorter than me. She might have been three inches shorter than me. But that Got just proves that, like. I swear to God, women sit closer than they need to. Oh, yeah. It's oh, not yeah. just that they're short. And the seat straight up. Yeah. Seat straight up. I, I, I can't. No. That's my mom to a T. <laughs> She's not too much shorter than I am. You got to keep the arms bent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not 90. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, you're killing me. Like, I'll get in. It's like, <laughs> Gotta move it. Gotta move it. Yeah. And my dad's a little bit better. He he he's more he's straight up, but he's further back. So it's like okay, that's all right. And then I adjust it all out of whack and then they bitch at me. And it's like, guys, you can just press a button in your in your car and it goes back to what you want. So quit your complaining. No, they do because Because my dad doesn't like the way my mom sets it up either. <laughs> so when he drives it, he doesn't like his steering the steering wheel in his chest either. So, do they have separate so. vehicles most of the time? Most of the time, yeah. Yeah, that way they don't have to readjust all of it. Yeah, yeah. My dad has some old Ford Ranger beater yeah. that he drives around. I go. always wanted one. I always wanted one of those. They're, they were hard as hell to find for the longest time. They still kind of are like the older ones, not the new ones. Why the? I've never understood why people bought the new ones. 
because they're the same price as F one fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Same with the what? What is it? The Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Canyon for yeah, GMC. They, yeah. When they replaced the S ten, it was like they're the same price. Yeah. Less and gas mileage is about the same. So why wouldn't you want the more space? I'm right there with you on that one, CJ. Doesn't make any sense. None. Well, but then they could push the upper end right on the big trucks. Not really. Even more. Yeah. I I mean, like the platinum edition Ford F-150 is like 70,000, right? So it's like, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm with you. It's ridiculous. (laughs) They don't just make work trucks anymore. No. I, I the closest near as I can tell, the closest thing that's just a still just a truck truck is Nissan and maybe like the Toyota Toyota's not, priced themselves out because they last so long. Um but Nissan, like even the redesign, it's basically still a pickup. It's truck. just a truck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leaf springs, the whole schmear. But it's just a truck. I mean, it's tarted up a little bit here well, and there, but it's still my neighbor's just... truck can back itself up. <laughs> it's a Ford. Nice. I think it's a one Ford one fifty, but it can. It's got a little button. It backs itself. I in a parallel park. Yeah, I think probably. it can. I think probably. it can. I, I'd have to ask him, but honestly, yeah. with the backup cam, parallel parking stupidly easy. Yeah. I was going to say my truck, it's easy to do. I was going to say my old truck, I had a, what was it, like a 96 F-150? That was, no, you're not going to parallel park that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh You know what's funny is I can parallel a pickup truck better than I can a car. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, because my first car was a 68 Chevy pickup. My second, the second car I drove was basically an 80 Chevy pickup Silverado, so... I mean, it's... Well, here's my I have one theory on that though is in the pickup truck, I didn't care if I drove over a curb. Yeah, yeah. Where in a car, fair. you're more concerned about doing that. <laughs> so if you yeah. back up and you're like, oh, I hit the curb a little, you could just pull pull up just a little and curve her back in. Not actually curb the tire, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if you have a Jeep, then you don't even have to worry about the curb. Because yeah, the proper park. way to park the Jeep is on the curb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're built for it. So, yeah. Well, no, they're not, not anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mine had Every like, point. I don't know, it was raised four inches and had 35s on it stuff. Like every white chick with a white Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even do the Jeep wave. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I totally forgot about that. What? Oh, speaking of Jeeps, whenever I used to work at Pizza Ranch a long time ago, they would have the Jeep Club come meet there every Sunday. Until I worked there, I didn't know that was actually a thing. Really? Yeah, I can understand that. It's not it's like almost a subculture into itself. It's not even a, like a luxury car or anything. It's just a Jeep. Well, it's but- a Jeep thing. It's a Jeep thing, but a lot of them would deck them out to go four wheeling and stuff. Even yeah, if it was overlanding. Yeah. Nowadays, Cherokees. They just meet. And... Yeah, they just meet now. Yeah. 
Well, Meat since we're talking pizza. cars, yep. what do you think about California's mandate? What in just over a decade, they, everything's going to electric. You think we can really force? Up. What's that? That's why gas prices went up twelve cents the last day. And I don't think it's from the electric cars. That's them being goofy overseas. Well, and other factors that that play into that to supply oil supply and those sorts of things. Those are factors that go into the price. Uh, but certainly, California and other federal other states folks that are looking want, at it. Yeah, would want to. Um, want gas high gas prices to go up or gas prices to go up because then people start going oh well you're electric you pay this for electric but then different- what are they going to do because can't they no longer build any more nuclear plants i thought nuclear plants were a no-no they're trying to do away with cold fire mm-hmm. so unless you have a big dam that can produce power like what hoover or something where are they going to get a i mean we're having blackouts and our electrical grid is one of the weakest things in yeah, the California nation. has, has purpose built rolling brownouts or rolling blackouts. So, yeah. So you want to increase them. This is the thing I don't get about any, any other arguments aside, you're going to stress a system that's already stressed. And like you just pointed out, Nobody wants to allow building of new power plants, nuclear, coal, maybe natural gas or something like if you can. But you're still burning gas then. Ab- you're not. Ab- you're not ab- t- absolutely. Absolutely. But to your point, the, the bottom line is where are you going to generate the extra excess power that you're going to need due to the excess demand and what does that do to electric prices because now you're going to purposely spike demand for electricity so something that was even in california a handful of bucks per watt or kilowatt or whatever the 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 rate is out there my electric jumped this last month too big time yeah so that's you know it's a great idea and all but (laughs) I mean, can they really make solar panels and wind vines and stuff to keep up with this? I mean, they're putting no. enough of a boat around here, but what happens when the Gulf Stream decides to change directions again? Both know? of those things are not very efficient. Yeah. Well, well, isn't it that it takes like 50 or 100 years to pay for each panel or something when you figure out like how much electric you make off of it compared to... I thought it was some astronomical number for it, for it to actually pay itself back. But the, the thing about wind and solar, it may be something like that. The thing about wind and solar, though, is it's, you know, yes, the sun is always shining and yes, the wind blows, but sometimes the wind doesn't blow. Right. And sometimes it's cloudy and battery technology or capacity battery capacity technology isn't such that you could support like store energy store that electricity for some period of time and power a small city let alone a large one like san francisco or la not to even factor in the entire state of california which you know is kind of like japan like it's and japan can't do it so like (laughs) right well the other thing 
You know, I know we have vast areas in the U.S., but at the same token, if you color, cover them up in solar panels, just say they were going solar, that almost defeats the purpose of having beautiful land. You know, where you could take a power plant, kind of tuck it off into a corner someplace, and most people don't even know it's there unless you drive right next to the power plant. You know, you might see some smoke or something on a foggy, rainy day occasionally, but most of the time, nothing. You know, it's like, and, and I'm not after the tree huggers about windmills killing off the birds. I really don't care. I get it and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, they do. I mean, I got 147 of them just to the north of me. You know, it's like, Anymore. I drive out and I can see. Iowa it. is a state of windmills those things yeah yeah so but ironically enough uh you know there are places i think was it uh nantucket somewhere i don't know where the all the uh folks hobnob the rich folks and powerful hobnob up in like the hamptons or up in massachusetts or whatever where they proposed to put in windmills and they're like nope not here you're not going to ruin the view it's like okay well wait a minute if you're not going to ruin the view there what the fuck are you doing to the rest of the country that you put them in right uh, solar may uh, like on a small scale like individual home solar to me kind of makes more sense like to have a battery pack um as long as you can use your panels to generate power to your house at least last i knew here in my state if you get solar panels basically it just dumps power back into the grid it doesn't actually power your house which is stupid because it's my house unless you get like a tesla you get get paid back for the energy that you don't use and you send back yeah but Um, i'd just rather use it for my own yeah I was going to say, I just pulled it up. Solar panels are usually able to process 15 to 22% of solar energy into usable energy. That's how efficient they are. So not. Not at all. And the funny thing is, like, uh, they have to use silicon, which is not a great conductor, and it's hard to make. So, And they can't get rid of them. If they break down, they have to just toss them. They can't rebuild them or anything. They're... The functionality, because I, w- I was going to go to school for it, but I'm like, this this is just a, extremely a, just a dead end. It, yeah. It's like a great idea that we can't really do right now. Yeah. It's like wow, technology is not quite there yet. I think the same thing. I mean, windmills, they've been using those since whenever they, you know, for grain mills forever. and everything. Forever. They've been using them yeah. for a long, long time. But... It's like the whole power source. Yeah. Wind turbines are up to 20 to 40% efficient. But yeah. And isn't there some cap? Like if the wind speeds are too high, they can't. They have to, they have to turn them off. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No. The, if you want some entertainment, pull that up on YouTube. Windmills Where are pulling they, up or tearing yeah. up. Yeah. They cause some destruction and they'll just start going, catch on fire and stuff. That's pretty cool. Those blades are so huge. I mean, it's basically a semi truck flying through the air. Three of them. Yeah. You know, (laughs) 
<laughs> longer than a semi truck because we the, the i see them going up and down the highway all the time because they're building another place somewhere but it's like two lengths of a semi so yeah whatever what is that i, you I like did hear some feet or something yeah yeah i did hear something uh it was a snippet of an interview with elon musk and he was asked about, you know, well, look, why electricity if it's still coal powered or if it's still natural gas powered or, you know, the plant generating the electricity is powered by like it's still fossil fuels. So why are, you know, you're not helping anything kind of thing. And uh, it was interesting and it's an interesting argument and valid near as I can tell, but basically he said, well, look, if you have a huge, you could take natural gas to power a huge general electric, whatever, you know, this huge mammoth generator that would be anywhere from 60 to 80% efficient at burning, burning that fuel source for, to make electricity. And, through sort of capturing excess heat or excess whatever, you can kind of get a secondary burst of electricity based off of capturing steam or capturing, excuse me, capturing that heat, using that as steam to drive a steam turbine to generate more electricity kind of thing. Whereas if you put, you know, I think it was uh, electric, he said, but... So meaning at scale, burning fossil fuels makes sense to generate electricity. If you put that same fuel towards a car, right? It's like natural gas. It's not as efficient. It's like, like CJ was saying, solar panels are only 22% or whatever efficient. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting. So he said, you know, there's other ways to generate electricity more efficiently to power the vehicle than using that source itself. I mean, they didn't talk about gas, which is readily available. Right. So, well, but then you turn around and it's the same kind of thing. You're still stressing out the, you know, the whole grid. So it's like, unless you're going to renew the whole grid, which you're not, it's, yeah. So going back to your original question, you know, do they, do you think you, they'll actually be able to pull that off and mandate it? It's a great idea, but I doubt that they're going to have, everybody on an electric vehicle in 10 years the cost is ridiculous as far as the whole state goes you can't you just can't and you know and expect demand electricity demand for electricity to not what happens when it goes up you're just and there's so many vehicles and does that mean vehicles that travel to california does are there going to be extra penalties or shit like that because right. they're not electric? And Well, see, I, I, and I know we've talked about this in the podcast before. I can see cities going electric. Chicago, San Francisco, L.A., like inside of certain city limits, if all you do is, you know, yeah, go more back of an to, urban setting, yep. an urban setting, I could see electric cars just for distance and everything else. But here in the Midwest, you get outside the major cities, an electric car won't make it. You're, you're, well, they ain't going to have electric trucks up to par yet. You're just, it's still going to have diesel trucks running all the supply and demand in and out of California. So 
but everywhere else, it's like, okay, city-wise, I could be like, oh, this is a restricted area. You can only, you either have to take an Uber car or blah, 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 or whatever. It can only be electric in this area. But it's like, it's almost like they're going to have to make mini power plants to keep up with this stuff. You know, almost like stations or plugins, you know, they're going to have to have their own power lines ran and everything else just to keep up with the supply and demand in the city of, okay, you know, you pull into work, everyone's going to have to have a plug-in now. You're going to have to tear up all the driveways, parking lots and everything to run electric so everyone can plug their cars in so they can get home. Okay, who pays for that? Does your company pay for that? Or do you have to go up there and put credit card in there and pay for the electricity that's charging up your car? You know, it's... Yep. And... I'm I'm guessing a bunch of companies will be willing to have a spot, like having charging stations <clears throat> and yeah. stuff, but not not subsidize it. Right, but, Which but you're going like, to have to subsidize the whole well, or you're going to have to have the whole parking lot like that. You know, absolutely. Just about everyone. Think all the old, and then okay, think new parking lot. They got all new electric in there, so all these electric cars can plug in. Now think of all the extra people that have to go around doing all the repairs because all the idiots driving over all the electric boxes and everything else. Or a wire hanging out or someone driving out and forgetting. It's, I think it's long-term it's going to cause <laughs> the one person that forgets to unplug their car and it's pouring down rain and it falls out into the puddle oh, shit. shorts yep. out the whole system pops it whatever and then everybody doesn't have their cars charged up to get home i just I, I, yeah i think they gotta they need to spend the next decade trying to figure out how to make the grid better to even be able to think about making yeah, everything yeah. electric yeah it's it's it sounds great on paper but it's such a i don't know to me a lot of these solutions are so short-sighted like they're talking about the future oh we're doing this for you know cleaner environment for the future for our kids and our grandkids kind of thing but from a consequences and true impact and true you know, just the overhead and all the infrastructure changes and all those sorts of things that would need to happen. I don't know that they're truly thinking about any of those things. Like it's, it's a great, I suppose, you know, the argument can be made that it's, it's great to have aspirational goals like landing on the moon and that sort of stuff. But I even, I think going all electrics, like kind of, that's not, that's a wrong headed. Yeah. It's just moonshot kind of thing. I just, but California is wacky like that. So yeah, just got to find better ways to get power. Really? Yeah. That's what we were just talking about. Awesome. I was going for that. Yeah. That's all right. We we were, we were filling up your blank spaces, but it's glad that you guys talk about hydroelectric. Not really. Cars. (laughs) Hydroelectric cars. (laughs) Well, how they get um, electricity from dams like Hoover Dam, like you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. I looked that up. It's 90% efficient. Yeah. The problem is, is where do you put them? They pretty, they pretty, too much goes up and down the Mississippi. I mean, unless they, I mean, there's, there's rivers by a lot of states. 
Like there's Des Moines River. You could throw one in there. There's not people really going up and down. There's certain areas that would be a good idea, especially where they don't really have very much traffic. I mean, fuck. You're telling me you got to stop one place to get way more electricity? But you Shoot, still got to create the base and the dirt. Keep the water flow going. I, no, but the only reason I say that is because they um, were going to do a bunch more of them back in like their turn of the century or whatever. And they didn't just because they ran out of places to have, you know, for size and everything, unless they did something like, um, put them like along one shoreline mm-hmm. and they could set it up and forced water through there or something that they'd have to make it. So boats and stuff could still get through hmm. or they're going to end up flooding up areas. You know, I mean, even, even where I'm at, they got the dam there that creates the local lake, you know, the yep. same thing That's up what we the got. power plant, but to put the infrastructure in for, I mean, they'd have to allow a whole bunch of mini dams. Instead of like the big ones like Hoover or Niagara or some of those, they're going to have to do mini dams and then do multiples of them. And then you got to hope you get the water for it. Cause that that's why a lot of them create basins like our lake here. What was it? Two years ago, the water dropped so low. You had to pull all the sailboats out and some of the other boats were even starting. Like you couldn't have anything with the keel in it because the water level had dropped like five feet just because of lack of rain and drought. I mean, if you're trying to keep a, a dam like that going, you got to keep your watershed and everything higher. Now, the last couple of years, or the last year and so far this year, the, the, the water keeps rising up high enough. It's it's a roar, roaring river through there. <laughs> and the dam's, uh, dam's like pretty high. But I agree. I think hydro would be the better way to go. Um I don't know if it was Japan, Japan or New Zealand. I want to say it was one of them. Or maybe No, I got a a bit of geography here. I think it was the Netherlands. They put some kind of arm out in the ocean that worked back and forth. And because of the waves and everything, created Mm -hmm. power. I remember watching that, you know, so the coastal areas could set something up. That was pretty interesting. It, it was like a trial run trying to figure out another power source. Yeah, that's been something that's gone around a while. But yeah, you have things that are weighted down heavy, but then there's like floats that almost go up and down. Yep, bob up and down. On- with the waves and that that motion generates electricity but it's an interesting idea i mean i get understanding or wanting alternative fuel sources but like we have oil what are we going to do use our own oil yeah for everybody else let's just use our own that's i agree absolutely agree all right pick a movie Keep one actor, the rest are Muppets. So imagine John Wick with Keanu Reeves as John Wick. And everybody else is Muppets. But Winston is played by Kermit the Frog. (laughs) Well, I'm thinking even their character could just be a Muppet. 
Right. I, I know, but I, that, like, those I know, are the but it could thinking, be, but yeah, in my head, right? Head. Or get rid of, get rid of G- John, Keanu, like, do John Wick, keep, uh, who's the, who's the hotel guy? Oh, um, who runs Winston? The, Winston. Yeah. Keep him, maybe, but then every, like, everybody else's Muppets. I mean, pick. Yeah, I, I had some ideas at the time I came across this question, but I, uh, John Wick was one of them. But I, I, I thought it'd be. Uh, but I'm trying to think of other other things, right? It's like you have uh, Star Wars. You keep Darth Vader and everyone else's Muppets. Didn't they do that? <laughs> Didn't they have a Muppet? Yoda show? was a Muppet. Among other things, I mean, because yeah, yes. Yoda was Frank Oz, he did, and he does a lot of voices, Miss Piggy, and others. Oh, that's crazy! I didn't know that. Yeah, it, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, I can't find the movie I'm thinking of, so I'm going to generalize this. It doesn't exist. No, no, yeah. it does. I just I can't. Well, if you can't, John it, Wayne. No, no, John Wayne gets to be himself. But in every one of his movies, everybody else is Muppets. <laughs> that way I have whichever movie that's going through my head is covered. Uh, but I'm just going to blanket that. True every Grit. John- yeah. The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Every John Wayne Iowa Jima, I think it was. There were some yeah, World yeah. War II ones in there, too. Every one of them. John Wayne was the actor. They couldn't get anyone else to work with them, so everybody else was it's like. Grand Torino with Clint Eastwood and all the rest are Muppets. <laughs> or Unforgiven, where you have Clint Eastwood is the cowboy <coughs> and all the rest are Muppets. Um Pretty Woman. You keep you keep Richard Gere, but then you it's like <sighs> Miss Piggy well, is that's almost up Julian. there with Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Julia Roberts. Yeah. So yeah. American, Roger American Rabbit Gangster. would be the closest thing to it, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. American Gangster, but you keep Denzel Washington. Oh. <laughs> you eat a part die- of me. Die Hard? Die Hard. The original Die Hard. Keep Bruce Willis, but everybody else is Muppets. I could see that. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. I was trying to imagine the scene whenever Den- Denzel Washington shoots the guy. And he's like, there's your 15%. Yeah. <laughs> but they're all months. <laughs> or training day. Keep Denzel, oh. but everyone else. Yeah. Or I was thinking too, like the Godfather, but you had, uh, you could have keep Michael Corleone, but then like Marlon, like the, like, um, uh, the Godfather Marlon Brando's character is played like Waldor by Waldorf or Stadler, like <laughs> those two old guys up in the booth of the Muppet yeah. Show that are always just heckling the show. <laughs> Godfather was another one, or even have him Kermit the have it be Kermit the Frog. That'd be funny too. But yep. Oh my God, go <laughs> good fellas, but keep Joe Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> no. No one else would know the difference, though. 
Oh my god. That would be fucking there we perfect. go. I, I can't top that. That that yeah, that's, yes, that's the win. But that's a fun game. You could come up with cool cool scenarios of movies. I want to fucking see these now. <laughs> <laughs> they need to bring Muppets back. Yeah. And make better movies. I bet more people would watch them. Oh yeah. Did you ever see what is it called? Happy Times or when it was like a Muppet, but it's like a murder mystery. Uh, I know what you're talking about, but I have not. Uh, it, it was really bad. There was a famous musical a while Happy back. Happy Times was... Murders. Happy Times Murders. Yeah. yeah. Is the is it Ben Stiller? Uh, Maybe I'm wrong on that. The blue is a guy that's blue. I thought like one of the Muppet characters is blue. Yes. Yep, you're right. I'm looking at pictures at least. Hmm. It was a really bad movie. Oh, it has Melissa McCarthy in it. Nope, I haven't seen it. Has a lot of other good actors for doing voices, though. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It was a. Uh, oh yeah, it's got twenty three on Rotten Tomatoes. If that tells you anything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Let, let we'll we'll go a different direction. Do we romanticize history? So pause. There's crickets. <laughs> yeah. So I think when I originally thought of this question, it was you know uh, we we think back to simpler times or you know what like uh, whether it's the fifties or you know whenever there's just like but there's this notion of what history like our own not only not just our own history but what history is and i know some of that's the stories that were told you know histories written by the victors kind of thing there's always somebody trying to sell you something or some narrative but you know do we look back at history and and think of them as more as is either nicer than they were better than they were more prosperous than they were even if it was hard it's somehow more rose cut like looking through the history lens of with rose colored glasses kind of things where some shit actually sucked and absolutely and the reason i say this is for doing living history basically of the 1700s during like french and Indian war or doing reenactments for the rev war and stuff it was fun when we did the fun stuff, but when you really get out there and get into the nitty gritty and like take three days, four days, take all the gear that they had back then and then try to survive. And we're only doing it for four days. And a lot of times it sucked. Now, granted the group of people you were with made it fun and entertaining and we had backup phones and stuff. But I mean, on one of my events, I almost died. I mean, it, it, we, we were dang near hypothermic and if it wasn't for a laundry mat and hardies we would have probably 
<laughs> in heated vehicles, we, we'd have been in really bad shape. You know, it's like Washington is and his forces. That's what kept them through Valley Forge, right? A yes. laundromat and a Hardee's. <laughs> <laughs> I think I read that in his autobiography. You know, oh, I almost froze to death. Let's go get some hot food, coffee, and get our clothes dry. So we can go back out and do some more camping because we about froze to death last night because we couldn't get a fire going. You know, it's like little moments like that, but I still love that part of history. But life sucked. I I think a lot of people look at it and go, well, it's so beautiful, but life was hard. The farther back you go and the farther you get away from technology, it was harder. But at the same token, it was simpler. But at the Simpler doesn't always mean better. What? Simpler doesn't always mean better. No. I mean, mean, people died of common colds. You know, just fact of life. You couldn't get into the thing or or you got your leg cut or something. Well, you couldn't get medical attention. You know, it's you're you're out in the woods or you're getting attacked, whatever. I mean, and that's just oh yeah, bacteria in a puddle of water. Yeah, yeah w- would kill you. So took a drink of water, had diarrhea, died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Died of dysentery. What a way to go. Well, in, I know- shit my life away. <laughs> 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 I'm not getting on the shit subject again. No, I'm I'm laughing, but I'm trying not to respond. I'm really trying, but but I mean, I think it's the same as like what what's usually romanticized most in history: war and battles. Which none of it should be because it's some of the most disturbing, disgust. You know, oh, two kings talk about how great they did or they won the battlefield. They don't talk about all the soldiers out there that just died so they could take that battlefield or wounded, you know, all the. Yeah. How brutal the wounds, like everybody's wounds, like the, like just yeah, an ax to the arm and they bled out. Right. You know, and, and it's one of those, it's like my, one of my worst thought things. I, I never liked working um uh, the medical doing security for medical when I was overseas. Cause if there was some battle or something and they started choppering them in, it was like, well, you, you know, we almost used to play a game of who would have to go do the rounds of the hospital. You didn't want to walk through the hospital. I don't know how the doctors, nurses, and everybody in a military hospital, I mean, ERs and stuff stateside are bad enough, but you go in during a major conflict and see all these guys coming in that are all shot up, banged up, blown up. It's like, yeah, you go back to civil war when they had guns or go back farther to when it was like the Romans and Gaul or like watching the movie Vikings. Yeah. I like watching the battles, but I really don't want to be in them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, do you want to be the guy that got hit with the arrow in the eye and didn't even get to kill anybody? Are you really that great? Of a you're just, you're just laying there for hours because you can't die immediately. Yeah. yeah. So I think we it, it is romanticized. I think movies and books, books probably romanticized it for because back to whoever wrote it, the victors, they can go. It was a great accomplishment because they lived through it. Yeah. You know, um, Band of Brothers. I think it was HBO, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. I think they did that well. You know, 
a lot of guys died in that movie, but that's how it really was. You know, it just. Well, yeah, the nature of war is death, right? I mean, it's. But the, the humor and stuff and everything, but you could be laughing with the guy one minute and he'd be dead the next. It's just. Yeah. Well, and some of that dark humor, right, is is anybody, but definitely in that situation, a male form of coping, male coping mechanism, right? Like, oh, almost died today. Hey, uh, crack a joke about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, well, and I think too, you know, some of that, uh, some of this romanticizing history is like we almost, it's like we want to tell ourselves that, oh, you know, today is, by comparison, today is, isn't, is worse than it's ever been kind of thing. Right. Like there's an ad. So it's like there's some of that too, where it's like, oh, it, it can't, can't i mean facts aside and realities aside i mean especially politics i mean you go back and you see some of the political uh discourse or papers editorial cartoons those sorts of political cartoons from even back in 1700 1718 or you know since the newspaper was invented the press yeah it's it's brutal and like it's stinging but we kind of think oh back you know, whenever pick any year, any decade, it was had to be better than the vitriol we have today kind of thing. And I think that I wonder, does that add to some of that sort of romanticism? Because we want to believe that nothing's been worse until today with with few exceptions. I mean, there's some things that always will always be terrible. You know, Civil War was always a terrible time in our history, even, uh, you know, the uh concentration camps like that's horrendous no matter how you slice it kind of thing and there's other things like that but by and large though there's other periods of time where we think it's more like i said it's better than it was at the time but it's got to be better than it was today kind of thing it's like no no i'm sure Uh, it was pretty shitty back then too too just uh, yeah different circumstances i think one of the biggest ones and and then I chuckle about this is how many people are romanticized Spartans. You know, I want to be a Spartan. I want to be that mentality. Da, 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 da. But if you really look at their lives, they sucked. You know, it, 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 it you played soldier 24 seven. It was no, you know, their lives. Yeah. They were all the ultimate soldier, but the average guy today can't even, wouldn't even be able to comprehend and just think it's like, okay, what if you did, lived in Sparta, but you weren't an actual Spartan? Oh yeah. They were Good one of the largest luck. slave states of the time. You know, why did they even have Spartans to just keep all their slaves in control? It wasn't that they were, Oh, we're going to go out and slaughter everybody and be the, you know, the most dangerous. Badass, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, they had to keep everybody we have a else population in line. to control. Yeah, they're a populist control. So they had a whole bunch of, you know, it's like, all right, yeah, they were they were really, but how many people today really would have the mentality to actually be a Spartan and live like that? And uh, what is it? That, I mean, it's like a thousand to one ratio 
of how many people they had to keep control to each Spartan soldier or something like that is some stupid number. So if you think about it, it's like there's a lot less Spartans than all the other people that lived in Sparta to make it so they can even have their lifestyle. You know, if we talk about it, you talk about, you know, think about it today. It's like, okay, all the professional sports, none of those people could do it without all the other people paying for it. You know, how, how can it's, it's like different scenarios. So I think it, it depends sometime of where you're at on the spectrum. If you're at the top celebrity status of whatever sports entertainment and everything, life is wonderful. Unless you're like Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I've been following <laughs> that a little bit for, for the funny part, but you know, it's like even money there can't buy you happiness type thing. But then you go hang out and I look back and it's like, here's people living history, like working with the Mennonites doing stuff, deliveries and stuff out there. Those guys live a pretty simple lifestyle and they seem happy. They're smiling that, you know, they're doing their thing. It's like, okay, maybe they won't ever travel and see the entire world, but do they really care? Yeah. And does that matter? Yeah. So I would go. Yes. We romanticize it too much. 100%. Yeah. I thought you passed out there, CJ. Felt like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What if we brought all our troops home? What would happen? Mass hysteria. Dogs and cats sleeping together. Dogs and cats. <laughs> I thought you were going to say falling out of the skies. <laughs> So what would that be? Would that be like a, a dat? Cat dog. Or a cog? <laughs> would it be a cog and a dat? Uh, they can identify as whatever, either. <laughs> Non-binary cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you, you know, like in some ways you'd think we're almost led to believe that if we weren't every if if we pulled out of everywhere we're at in the world that somehow the world would end fall apart part of me wants to go yes or you know the political whatever whatever i don't know stability or whatever well, whatever you want to call it that the united yes. states provides yeah. And, th- and this is why if you if and we're going back to history now, we're doing a bunch of history lessons today. <laughs> there has been a world power. Basically, however you wanted to find numbers, I'm going to go with uh, B.C. and A.D. If you think about it, as far as there's written history, there's always been a world police. One of the earliest ones was the Roman Empire. The Egyptians. Egyptians. I mean, depending on, we're talking more Western culture here, but even yeah, yeah. The Eastern culture, you had the Mongols, you had the different empires. So you had the czars, you, you kind of had Asia. So you had the East and the West, West kind of split up, but both of them have had a major power in place, basically for all of human history. Right now, we're it. Before us, yeah, it was, us was the British. Yeah. It was before it was the British. 
And then if you back up before the Brits, mm, you could say, and we're not talking like um, not 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 like World War One Two with uh, with Hitler, but um, what is it? The Hasburg? No, um, the Hasburgs. Yeah, yeah. Like Hasburgs. the Hasburg Empire, and then you had parts yeah. of the Roman Empire, and then you have the Egyptians, <laughs> and you keep going back through yeah. time. Even the Ottomans there for a while. Yeah. Yep. Someone's always always there's always going to be some kind of world place. some world power. Yeah. Yep. Someone's going to be in charge, and and then I think the bigger battle and what what's since the world has gotten smaller in the sense of how fast information's, it's basically a fight between the West and the East now. You know, what Eastern power is going to take over? Is it going to be China, or are we going to hold on to the power with the U.S.? Or will there be... Europe, I think, is more divided than we are, so they're not going to become another Roman Empire-type thing. Yeah, even the European Union's kind of... I mean, it started falling apart the minute it came together. So. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. I think if you had like the USSR, even them, they were a world power for quite some time, you know, with the Eastern Bloc, they kept it, you know, China and the Asian kind of in check and everything else. I think we could probably pull back some of our, a lot of our troops you know, from around the world, there, there are places to, there are reasons to keep some number, right. But do we have to maintain the number that we have? See, I think it depends on the region, depends on the situation, depends on what we're doing and why. Yeah. But really it's like the numbers for what we have are actually pretty small. Oh, are they? You know, well, if you look up, you got to look at I, I mean uh, how, nah, how do I want to look it up um, let's look at the army US army what size that's going to be the largest the army is the largest branch if I remember correctly yeah 2022 U.S. military. Okay, they're showing. What is it? Total military. Is that right? While he's looking that up, I'm curious, CJ, do you give a shit being a younger pup? I would like to think that we could pull troops out and nothing would go to shit, but that's wishful thinking. So I kind of, it's one of those things that I don't really have an opinion about because I don't really know anything. Fair. But just being a younger generation-ish kind of thing. Just curious. Okay, here we go. I think it's a valid take, even yeah, if it okay. is. Eh, I don't know enough. I was going to say, that's why I was kind of keeping quiet. I'm like, honestly, I don't really know anything about this, so I'm going to just stay out. But I can understand keeping them there just for the sake of it, because who knows what's going to pop off. And if, they, if they're there, then know something they could tell us. Good. If they're not there and something does pop up and World War III happens and it's because we didn't have people stationed over there, that would be kind of our responsibility. All right. Here's a number from 2018. 
And if I'm reading this right, this is totally U.S. personnel. So actually in service, not government uh, supported staff or whatever. It's only it's just shy of 1.4 million people. Total. Total. Across all the branches. Now, you got to think that it also includes Coast Guard. So you even got the Coast Guard. But if you think about it. Is that active or? Yeah, that'd be active duty across the board. And if that number is close, that might be even counting reserves and guards and stuff in there. But if you think of our total population, how many you think it is? What it is, is we have a lot of groups, a lot of little groups all over the place. So they might send in, you know, a hundred guys here or a hundred guys there. So it sounds like we're everywhere, but we're not. But the but- actual presence, the tr- presence given where they're located isn't, it's not like ahead of the first Gulf War where we moved, you know, half of half the a million, US forces there. Yeah. 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 I'm kind See, of curious. I, so whatever people base over places like that, like what are they really doing? with the time of this there like if there's like no war or fighting going on kind of what are they doing over there okay um, if, if a lot of them are just running bases for us we have bases all over the world i mean that th- we got huge bases in japan still in germany germany and japan are two of the biggest korea i think we're still in south korea so we uh, used to have one in the philippines yeah it's- it's like we got jump off points that they're basically securing. So you got security there, you got intel there, you got transportation, but then you got to have all the support staff that runs that. And then another number is the non-military personnel that's supporting those. So you have all these mini bases all over the place. So unless you're doing a full action like Afghanistan, where we mm-hmm. pulled a bunch of troops out, we have like um not spy centers. What what am I the word I'm looking for? Uh, you, well, you're, you base is one. I can't think of the term. You know, it's just like we're standing there and we got guys that can be like, oh, we'll fly our guys in here and then they can go out and do stuff. You know, it's like jump off points. Um, <laughs> Kuwait, sort of like a forward space. Like a forward operating. There, a forward operating post from the U.S. We already got ground on the port. So we, so say we needed in, uh, to invade Iraq or Iran. Well, we just send everybody to Kuwait first. Why? Because we already got a big military base there, airport. We fly everybody in. We already got support. It's not like, oh, we got to send all the C- Navy over and the CBs to go create a base so we can fly the next set of troops in. We're just maintaining all these places. So it's, it's like, like military airports kind of thing. Like you can fly people yeah. in as quick as possible. Yeah. You don't have to set the whole thing up. That exactly. makes more sense. I, I see. I, I didn't know how it worked. I mean, it, I'm like, I have no idea on this subject. Yeah. Well, and then that, and it also depends on which of our fleets are sitting where, because I mean, you send in an aircraft carrier with all of its port boats and everything else. You just moved in a small city of what is it? Some of the carriers carry like what? 5,000 guys or something. Now that's a small town. And then you got to take, I mean, and the carrier doesn't move by itself. So now you got the battleships and everything else that's moved with it. So if there'd be like, Oh, there's, you know, we got 20,000 people stationed off the, 
whatever. Well, that's an air ca- aircraft carrier plus its support personnel, you know. So, in those numbers, the guys that are Navy, they they'll know those numbers a lot better than me. I'm just throwing stuff out there. But you're you're basically moving a small city across with all these Navy yeah. ships, you know. So it's like you can move people in and that's not counting the Marines or other special teams or whatever that's going along with all the Navy personnel, you know? Yeah. Cause they do have a contingent of Marines and, and uh, yeah. And, and, and I'm sure there's some can, can be some contingent of SEALs too, but yeah, right. a whole battle, but whole battle group, a Naval battle group around a, a carrier group. Yeah, yeah a carrier group. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's well, and that's one of the easiest or quickest ways to show force, right? Would <clears throat> around the world we throw an aircraft? You know, the USS Nimitz battle group uh, carrier group pulls up <laughs> and parks itself off your coastline. Ah, here we go. Where's this? This is from 2020. Army active duty, four hundred eighty-one thousand. You know, Navy, 341. Army National Guard is the third on the list at 336. You got to think most of that guard personnel is sitting in the United States. Air Force active duty is at only 329. Where's the Marine Corps? Marines are only at 180. You know, it's... Navy Reserve, Air Force, Coast Guard, active duty is 40,000. You know, but they're on the coastals. That would go to that 1.4 million. I mean, you start looking at those numbers. So even if you send half of them over, it's not that many guys. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like we're sending a lot, but in reality, we're doing so much. A lot smaller than you think. You know, drones, flyover pilots. I, I read a number, and I don't know if it's true or not anymore. For each pilot in a sky, it takes 5,000 personnel to keep that guy up there. Now, between the air, yeah, the air, air traffic folks and intelligence, you know, like whatever intelligence, security, down to the field guy, fuelers, mechanics. If you and and they flip back and forth a little bit, but it's like a one to 5,000 ratio. That's why there's not that many pilots. But you have to have all the support to keep that pilot in the sky to go out there. So is the new Top Gun movie just going to be a bunch of dudes sitting in a cockpit flying a joystick? Basically. And watching drones fly all over the place? (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Well, it's an interesting. Yeah. Um, One of the guys that I met uh, overseas that flew drones part of his testing or one of his questionnaire things was, did he ever play a video games of uh, growing up? Did he play video games of flight simulations? That was actually on his, there's kids that can fly planes around in drones better than like an actual pilot that knows how to fly a plane. Why? Because it's a computer game to him. Oh, Oh, I got to move this joystick. You mean there's really a drone on the end of it? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy to think. So, all right. We're winding down. So, this is a good question. Should we do a serious question or a fun question? Um, Let's go with that one. Oh, wait. I just saw this one. 
fart uh -oh. jar lady update. After retire uh -oh. from selling farts at a jar, she's going to be selling her used bed sheets and continue her OnlyFans, of course. <laughs> Who's yeah. following this, Jimmy G? I happen to no, it's a, like Odin's man or Odin's. Who's who's that guy? He does on YouTube where yeah. he he did a video on it, and so that's why I even knew. Okay, kind of thing. Um, and so and, and then you watch the follow up too. You see this where no. this one's going, CJ. I'm not so concerned about what she did. I'm more concerned about what Jimmy G's following. He's quite interested. <laughs> no, in that video, in that video uh, that he plays, or the because he's reacting to, and I don't know what this video if if, if it's a show, uh, like a reality show, like Keeping Up the, with the Kardashians or something or what. But she's talking to her mom. And she's like, I know you haven't always been, uh, you haven't always approved of my my career choices or my business choices or something. Anyway, somewhere in there, she's it's like, so I'm starting a new. So she has started a new, a couple new business ventures. One is NFTs of fart jars. <sighs> Uh, there's like 50 or 500 or whatever. So she's selling NFTs to try and make money. She says in the video that she has an OnlyFans, although she doesn't necessarily say, but we all know what OnlyFans ultimately means. Just her farting. Some spicy content there. Um, and then uh, I think she made, although this is not an original idea, I think there's fart scented candles maybe something like that. But then she's talking to her mom and saying, oh, I'm going to do it, this new business thing. And I'm going to sell my used sheets, used bed sheets. And her mom, bless her heart is like, what you're going to do <laughs> what? And, you know, I mean, shit, what has she got to lose? Like there are dudes shelling out a pun intended, a crap ton of money for, farts in a jar of course there are dudes out there that are going to want to buy bed sheets that she's slept on and presumably did something on whether that's fart or other is there really that many people with fart fetishes I... there has to be right I let's see and there, there was I did find a like sort of because I'm curious, like as a follow-up, and she said something. Because um, they do this story, I found said what eventually happened to uh, Stephanie, who had really bad gas, and she retired. It's like uh, <laughs> Stephanie was given a suppressant, which basically put her out of business. I wanted a shot at being the fart jar girl for the rest of my life, she shared. However, fate had other plans for Stephanie, who soon launched her own F NFT fart jars. It's basically a collection of 5,000 unique digitally drawn fart jars, and they all have, all have a different theme, explained Stephanie. In less than two weeks, the NFT project launch had earned her over $130,000. 
for Valentine's Day 2022, Stephanie made the most of her toots by turning them into fart candles, which seem to be sold out for now. <laughs> Stephanie has been accused of being attention hungry by those who've watched her on 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> you think? Yeah. So anyway, I just uh, it's like it's funny I, that came up and props to Odin's man or Odin yeah for for doing that. But <clears throat> so yeah, I mean she's all about the hustle. I say you but, can't knock that hustle. Yeah, but seriously, guys, <laughs> if you are paying for this woman's fart, if you paid for fart jars, fart NFTs, used bed sheets used clothes please tell me you have a fart fetish i'll give you a little bit of slack just because i'm gonna laugh at you Uh, well i'm just saying if (laughs) anyone out there listening to this and i highly doubt this is possible but if you're out there and you would be willing to spend some kind of money on fart jars fart candles fart nfts used bed sheets give us a call dm us Links are in the description. <laughs> we'll be more than happy to take that money off your hands and actually put it to good use. Yes. I was going to say, can, my farts probably are juicier and better yeah. than hers. We <laughs> could upgrade the podcast stuff. We could. There's so many things that we could do yeah. with the cash that you would drop on stupid bullshit for a woman that will never talk to you ever. Especially because yeah. you bought her fart. And yeah. <laughs> oh, man. anyway uh, it's like I'm not uh, seeing anywhere where they did a poll of how many people have a fart fetish I'm going to text my fiance and ask if she'll fart in a jar for me <laughs> nothing says true love like oh man but I, uh, you know it, anyway I mean props to her like there are stupid people out there so she's making money off of that and rightly so if you're dumb enough to do that you're dumb enough to lose the money so man you you deserve to lose the gamble you'd be better off to go gamble it or something at least you might get something back besides i that's one of those that just i don't i don't understand i don't get it either i don't i'm sure i buy stuff or i do stuff that other people don't understand it's like Nine coffee drinkers can't understand a coffee drinker. Okay, you know, but but at least I can say that coffee gives me caffeine to wake up. More power to you if you just, you get something off of a fart. I just don't see it. It's one of those. It's <laughs> one of those fetishes up there. I'm just <laughs> not under. I think it's right up there with like golden showers and wanting someone to take a shit on you and. Here we're uh, right back to shit talk. I shouldn't have rolling been. brown out. <laughs> rolling brown out. Exactly. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. California loves those. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those to each their own, but you want to look at them and just go, is it really worth spending money on? You know, no, I just want to ask why. Yeah. Why is this? Yeah, so, why is this even a fucking thing? Yeah. And I mean, I'm, not, I'm not here to shame you. I just want to understand what yeah. you're getting out of it, pal. Yeah. Oh, I'm shaming. I, I can't speak <laughs> for the other two guys. I'm shaming. But I'm, not, I'm shaming them in my head. Look, <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> I, I got it. I something I just need to know. Like, what what is driven you to buy this 
fart in a jar or anything really Bath like water. Were they buy the buy the panties by the fucking bed sheets like i don't get it either it's yeah. worse i don't i don't get it okay. uh, it's the closest you'll ever get to a woman i guess i maybe i don't know that's that's worse or you have money to burn like you just really like you, you know just i have think a lot of guys like that, that just... they don't have money to burn no no, of... no absolutely i i, I agree I, I mean they're going hungry to buy a fart in a jar a lot of them are <laughs> i just out of that <laughs> <laughs> she acknowledged me she took my money she acknowledged me she likes me you know, I, I mean, even cam girls would give them something more than a fart in a jar. Uh, yeah, you know? like like I could see, okay, subscribe to her OnlyFans kind of thing, because you're going to get more out of that than you will a fart in a fucking jar. Right. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> yeah, no. the historian's <laughs> right about that. Yeah, is are we gonna romanticize that? Oh, oh remember a time where you could buy farts in a jar, <laughs> or farts in a jar were so much cheaper back <laughs> back oh, in the two thousand twenties. Simpler times, hairstyles were different. No, you know what it'll be? It'll be your kids talking about it. <laughs> Can't believe you got kids or grandkids. Yeah. Did you ever buy a fart in a jar, Dad? No. Damn straight I did. So. No, it'd be it'd be grandpa. Did you ever buy a fart yeah. in a jar? Were or they would expensive? buy they would buy one. Back in my day, you could buy six jars for that price. <laughs> you know be shit like that i remember when there were two bucks you know 500 bucks a jar or some stupid shit like that what you just got a twin bed set and one pillowcase back in my day they were queen size sheets you got two pillowcases, a fitted sheet, and the bed sheet. You're getting ripped off. Like they just don't make them like they used to. Used to. <laughs> this fart in a jar would last years. God. I wonder how long a fart in a jar does last. You know, that's no, a good question. I am curious about that. I do know, or uh, is it the Stasi? The is that the East German uh, sort of secret police kind of thing? I think it was those. I think it was the Stasi. Those guys were, they would capture scents of like smells, like clothing, uh, you name it, samples of all this stuff and had this vast library. Hmm. Uh, it was just an added layer of surveillance that. Like, you know, so ostensibly you could have bloodhounds or whatever 
train to pick up that scent and they were trying to maximize like extend to your point about how long it lasts they were doing things or looking into how can they make that scent last longer so they have these jars of stuff from people over the years either they suspected as being whatever or whatever stuff like that i think it's the stasi it's one of those secret police kinds of things from back in the cold war days that's interesting Hmm. they were masters at that yeah well so on that happy note I, i think that's it for this week so I hope everyone enjoyed a good laugh at somebody's expense of whatever or learn yep. something or you yep. learn something or you can grumble yep. along with us. Or made you, made you think of, think and go, hmm, I, I wonder what would happen if or whatever. So right. gets your brain thinking. So tell one of your normie friends about us. <laughs> Spread the word of the podcast. Help us grow the BR Nation. Check out the podcast uh, barbarianrhetoric.com or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast. I hope it's giving you something to think about in your own quest to develop a barbarian mindset. Because it's with this mindset that you'll find the skills, strength, attitude, will, and endurance to see things through and live within the civilization and still be a barbarian. We appreciate your feedback. We especially appreciate those who have been supporting the podcast. That's the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast on our website, on Anchor FM, and on Spotify. You can find the show notes on the blog or anchor.fm slash barbarian rhetoric. If the podcast has been helpful to you, please let us know. You can do this by checking into the Apple Podcast app, give us five stars, and leaving us a short review. This will help us get our message out in front of many more people. You can also talk to us on social media and let us know what you are thinking about or how this has helped you. On Twitter, I am at SteelJans. That's S-T-E-E-L-J-A-N-Z. And I'm also on Instagram at Barbarian Rhetoric. There's also a couple other things you need to check out. One is the Barbarian Rhetoric blog. And of course, our newsletter. There's a pop-up which you'll see as soon as you land on the blog. Thanks for listening. And always remember to be a barbarian in a civilized world. An apex predator.